0: Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's EUFY Video Lock, or visit ufyofficialcom slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. This is the best of Talk of Champions, brought to you by Modern Woodman.
1: You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch
2: with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at SpiritBen on Twitter. On with me, of course, my co-host, former Ole Miss defensive end Kentrell Lockett. And today's guest on Talk of Champions It's Isaac Gross. What's up, man?
3: Man, what's up, man? How y'all guys doing, man? I'm getting with it.
2: So much to unpack with you, Isaac, and and we're going to get into all of it. The size issue was something you dealt with, and you and I laughed about it when we talked about it uh, multiple times in interviews, how the, the question was always, the ad nauseum question was always, how big are you? Are you going to play defensive tackle? What's the future for you like? So now that you're continuing to get those questions, it seems like the perspective has changed, and you're more—I don't want to say you were stubborn to move off of defensive tackle in college, but it seems like you're willing to do whatever. I mean, do you feel like you can play those other positions? Did you mention that? Think of potentially doing that at all, at Ole Miss?
3: Man, absolutely, man. You know, uh, when you uh, when you get when you go to college, man, I learned early, man. When you go to college, it's, it's about role playing. You playing where you needed it, right? And uh, in the NFL, you playing where you best at. So, with that being said, in college, man, I, I, I came to college as a uh, defensive tackle. And uh, multiple schools, uh, Alabama for once, always said, you know what I'm saying, looked at me as a linebacker, which also, you know what I'm saying, was the first team to, you know, put it out there that I was a linebacker, defensive end. And, uh, you know, uh, Coach Freeze, uh, when, we first, when I first got recruited by Ole Miss, that was the discussion. But uh when I got there nobody nobody actually thought I was gonna be able to play nose and well, man, I was so excited about playing and I had the skills and the fire in me and I was just the tenacity I was so ready to play, man, and I sometimes I felt like I should have took that year to uh, grow a little bit more, but I was so above the game already and I was just so amped up about playing. I took my shot, man, I wanted to start a roll and I I became a nose guard, and as you notice, man, our defense just – Coach Womack, man, he had a – well, he had a stun and blitzing, and, man, those packages was just – like I said, my first couple years there were just unbelievable, man. And I I had certain linebackers that that was behind me that could come up and uh, that that was – they played different, you know. So, with that being said, I was able to open up gaps for linebackers and uh, you know, and I was able to stunt and make plays too. So I I became dominant on the sides at the at that position. And uh, I battled a few injuries, but I was just so dominant and it fit, it, it I fit well in nose guard with the scheme we we ran. So with that being said, you know, you know, I just had I had to play my role. I I, I you know I cried to him all the time like coach. Man, let me let me get a shot at, uh, at the end. Let me get a. I'm going at linebacker. You know, I, I wanted to play so so bad, but uh, I knew I had a role and I knew I had a job to do. So you know, I, I I wanted to push the effort, but I knew I had something to do that was just bigger than me. So I just stayed with it, stuck with it, and played nose guard all throughout my years there. <laughs>
1: So now, so now that you're actually going into the draft, and that's all these talks about possibly playing a different position. Which position you think may be the easiest transition that you can make?
3: Man, I am dying to play defense in here. Man. I am dying to be a rush yeah, edge. I am dying to rush out there, is man. I have been saying it like all my life. I have. I say, you know, big guys. We always man. I can play running back. Man, I can play linebacker I can be the quarterback we always say what we can do but as like this big guy that's anybody I play O-line or defensive line we always say we always got a talented position we could have played but me personally I just feel like I would be a great my my mentality and the way I played the game my leverage and everything my hand my technique I just feel like I'll be a great edge rusher so you know what I'm saying? That's the biggest thing down here at Fast Switch Performance, man, getting my speed up, man. Because, uh, like I said, I want to be an edge rusher, man. But I ain't going to tell y'all no story, guys, man. That next level, man, if I get a job to play any position, man, I'm going to give it my all. It don't, it really don't matter. But me personally, I want to be a defensive end edge rusher.
1: I ask everybody who's on that defensive line now, me from you starting in the inside, in them trenches, and I know, cause I ain't gonna say I know. I didn't like going in there, but we was trained from inside out. Now I ask all defensive linemen. Now you making that transition from inside to outside. What would be your go-to move on that pass rush? It's third and long, and you know the in-passing situations. What's your What's gonna be your go-to move?
3: <laughs> My go-to rule probably gonna be, man. I'm gonna try to beat him to the edge and counter. What I mean by counter, man, is it, quick thinking. So with that being said, with I got the guy back, I got him rolling, rolling with my get off. He rolling once I feel at the, I'm at the level of the quarterback, the offensive lineman's soft on his feet. I'm either gonna stick it and then come back underneath inside, or I'm going a bullet straight to the quarterback. Cause I'm getting, like I said, I'm getting stronger and bigger down here also. So that being said, I feel like you know with my with my get off coming out the edge and my speed get right, I feel like i will be able. I'm strong. I got I got. That tenacity and the willpower to just go rip the quarterback head off, all that build up in my, in my mind, I just feel like I'm gonna stick and just run through a guy, man, just mono and mano. So I don't know, it's just that last minute, man. You gotta make it's quick thinking, quick playing, man. Technique sounds. So I don't know, I might pull rush him or I might just arm, arm rip rip on him or dip on him, so. I definitely understand that going in the
1: game, you kind of gotta use whatever the guy is giving to you of what you what you're seeing. But let's let's change gears here, right quick. You know, you're coming from okay. Batesville, Mississippi, the the world-renowned South Panola Tigers. You know, everyone, know of the school, and that lineage of football players that come from out there. Uh, majority of the names that come from out there is family. For 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 you, you guys that don't know, I'm somewhat in. The uh, in Isaac's family, I married into the family, and I I, I had the, the, the luxury of learning that lineage going all the way back to Dwayne Rudd and and um and uh uh, uh Derek Piggies, Parade Jerry, you know, Jamalka Sanford, all of those guys that there can play football, man. So, to an extent, do you feel like um, there's a certain standard you have to uphold because there's a, a ground, the, kind of like a blueprint laid out before you with the guys that came before you? I know. They're family, but do you look
3: at them and view them differently? Of course. I mean, I was always taught coming up, man. You coming up the family I come from, and just the community alone, man. It was always the next up. You know what I'm saying? Who who's gonna be next? You know, you once you, you from Pee wee from uh Pee-wee League football to Junior High, you see you see these skill sets start to separate themselves from uh, different people. So with that being said, man, I was always that guy, man, that I was like, I had my older cousins, like Big John, Big Parade, Derry Piggy, Samper, those guys, man, they would they would just always be on me, man. Chris Strong, it was just always, man, just stay focused. But uh as I as I got older, man, I felt like I separated, I separated from them because like those were my big cousins, true enough. And they was on me, but my my uh, the way I came out was it took a full turn because not only was I did I have my family behind me like that, and what that was uh that was supporting me, I had people you know that grew up on, on the different side of the uh railroad tracks in Baseville that looked up to me and cared for me and wished me the best of luck, or guys look younger guys that wanted to uh wanted to be like me or. You know what I'm saying? We're good in trouble, and I come back because I was like when I was in high school, I was in all these leadership programs. So, man, just the, the Panola County, man, the city I'm from, man, I, I have so many people looking up to me, man, from the co workers at grocery stores or you know, gas stations. I have so many people that that know me. Like, I, I couldn't even tell you, like, the people I grew up with, some of them I don't even know. Like, when we go places. It don't be those people that are speaking to me. It's the people that when I was in high school, they maybe was in third or fourth grade. They know everything about me. I used to come down and mentor them, and that right there just that just turned me around. I was like, you know, I really want to be uh, in not only you know what I'm saying. I want to be great, hold a family legacy, but I also want to be that kid that come from this this uh, city and that could come back and you know touch another kid, you know, relative or not, just show them, man. It's, it's so much more to life than just here, you know, because you know I, I'm not gonna tell you guys no story. You know, Baseville, that that Sapulpa what brought our uh, brought brought our town together. That football team brought our town together, man. And like I said, it, it's really not a bad place, but at the same, everywhere you go, it got bad spots. And just for my blessing, I grew up in a good spot. I grew up around great family. I had I had the biggest family in Pinola County. So with that being said, man, it was more about me like just coming back and bringing my community up, bringing my city up. Like having like being able to establish myself in a way I can come back and do somewhat what they, the Shea Townsend did when he opened up his gym. But with that being said, maybe I can come back and hold events like basketball tournaments, football, flag football tournaments. You know, bringing maybe if I get like like uh, somebody like Dante Mudcree he, um, he have like little 707 terms in his, uh in his community. So like I said, just coming back and be alumni, old Miss been alumni of the NFL, if God will, I make it just bringing that, bringing that back to Baseville and just having like different people coming in and letting the people that's growing up there see different things in life and like, Hey, I can do that. Like, Hey, I can make my mind up and become something. So, like I said, man, it's it, it's always more to a person than just football. But uh, like I said, you always just got to give somebody a chance and just talk to them and see. No matter what they look like, no matter no matter what it is, you just gotta man. You gotta talk, man. You gotta you gotta be able to talk. You gotta be able to listen is the main thing. You can, I love to listen. Like I, I would talk to anybody. I just I just like to learn. But like I said, man, I'm, I don't want to rambling off, man. But like I said, man, with uh. That baseville man if family is one thing but just watching how my community supported me like from different like like Sardis Clogsdale, like different cogsdale isn't in Panola county but the surrounding towns around baseville the surrounding cities around Panola county I got I got up people admire me people talk to me from different places so with that being said man it just it's just something that inspired me. That's another reason why I stayed in Mississippi. That's another reason why I came to Old Miss. you know, I want, I'm a Mississippi guy, and you know I care for my state. I care for my hometown. I care for the people in my hometown, and I care for the younger generation that coming up behind us, man. That you know I can I can be a boy. You know I can be an example. You know that that just things that, that that I see more in my life. You know what I'm saying that in the years to come, you know, and that's one of the main reasons I was that leader at Ole Miss because I was gonna bring those guys with me no matter what. I was gonna speak the truth. I was gonna put the fire in them no matter what because that was just that's how I was taught that I was how I was raised, and that's just how it's gotta be. You gotta you gotta play with that fire. You gotta be to determined to be successful in life. So that just that's just how I feel personally, man.
2: I gotta bust your balls for a second, Isaac, okay? I've covered Love you for it. I've covered you for a long time, and I've never asked you this question. You committed to Ole Miss early and you stuck. But then you played the game in the last month leading up to National Signing Day, and you know exactly what I'm about to ask you. You and Jeremy Liggins do that announcement at Irie on the Square. And you knew you were going to Ole Miss. Can you? You don't have to have coach speak anymore. You're just talking to me in forty. Can you freely admit when you're doing the uh, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, playing off each other that you were totally drumming up drama? Now, can you finally admit that to me?
3: Man, look, I never had intention to throw on the Southern Miss. <laughs> Anthony, Al- Anthony Alfred, man, I was going to play in the F- if it wasn't Ole Miss, it was Alabama. But that's a whole another story. But uh, Southern Miss. Had, look, I respect for that school, but I'm going to tell you God is the truth. Coach Bernie Farrell, I love Bernie. Bernie took care of me. Bernie Farrell, Coach Elliott Johnson. What steered me away from old, uh, Southern Miss, uh, one thing, it wasn't in the SEC. The second thing was Coach Johnson, you know, he, he was downgrading old Miss, and I was like, yo, it's my school. Like, so I'm raised like I'm like 20 minutes away from it. Don't talk about the school. Teach me something about Southern Miss. So with that being said, I was, automatic, I was automatically done with Southern Miss. I only went, I only took a visit to Southern Miss just because I never come down this way. But I only took a visit to Southern Miss to hang out with Anthony Austin.
2: And but, but Isaac now, come on. You played it up, though. That, and that's th-
3: the whole reason I went, man.
2: You weren't ever going nowhere but old Miss, man.
3: Man, you think that you know? You, I'm, let, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you think what you want to think, <laughs> but I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, everything about me, true enough, was Ole Miss. But at the last minute, I called Coach Freeze at the last minute because the next signing day, signing day, it was official. I was, I was really, I was going to Alabama. I'm telling you. But my my mother. Man, I, I make my mama so proud, man. I, I make I make the smile so often, man, it was just it just stuck to me, man, that you know, at the at the time we were going through things, you know what I'm saying? I we was in the in the in the midst when I uh when I signed and at that time, man, we had lost our house and everything, man. I'm telling you, it's a whole story, man. Wow. I get into but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, at that time, man, I it was all about family. And that is the main reason. The main reason I ended up at Ole Miss, cause of my family situation. That is the uh, most. That is the main reason. That's why I signed that. That on signing day morning, the situation my family was in, and the things I had to do to help around as, while I was close. So, like I said, that is a that is a whole another story for another day. And uh, you know, I, I I don't regret my decision. I enjoyed my time at Ole Miss. I've graduated. I've got my degree. I love everything about it, but I'm telling you, my family was the reason I stayed. My mother was the reason I stayed at home, man. I'm not going to tell you no story, bro.
1: So, I can attest hey, to that because around that you. time is when I really started learning and, and being coming around Isaac and being on the hill in Batesville. And I really saw, you know, that how everybody was one. Even if you didn't know that person, that person still was going to make you feel at home. It was because. First time I met Isaac. Isaac said, "What's up, big cousin?" I never met Isaac before in my life, but I didn't feel no different. I felt like I was a part of the Piggy's Gross um um Sanford family. You know, it was it, and you're right, bro. I, I definitely could attest to that. I'm from being a part of that family. I understand it's all about family, one one thousand percent. But oh yeah, I, got, I I have to ask you this question. Now, out of all them names of people that play ball out of South Panola, I don't want to start nothing. But I, I I need to know, just for me personally, who was the best player that came from out of South Panola? Mm, yeah. I'm curious, man, because that's cause I baby J played running back in high school. That's hard for me to believe.
3: Look, I'm gonna tell y'all guys, two guys, I can't help it. My they twin brothers. They twin yeah. brothers. Justin and Jason about... L. Oh okay. Justin, Jason L. Jason L was a defensive end, had offers all around the SEC. SEC. Both of them are state troopers right now. But mm-hmm. they were twin brothers, Justin Nell, Jason L. Before the game started at Ole Miss, after we do the coin toss, I run down there and I hug and shake hands with two state troopers. They, those are my uh, first two cousins. These are the guys I'm talking about. Man, when I tell you, when I was growing up, Cause in Pee Wee League, one year I had Jason number. The <coughs> second year I had Justin number. When I was in Pee Wee League, I used to wear, I used to have their jersey number with my number. But uh, Jason Hill played outside linebacker, defensive end, and uh, Justin played guard. Just a younger twin, he played guard and might linebacker. Man, Justin, Justin had a problem, and he he almost went blind in one eye, which caused him later on to have surgery. In one of his eyes. And then Jason, blow, he uh, blowed his knee. But those two guys right there, I'm telling you, man, Some, uh, I'm I'm probably a spitting image of them. I'm talking about, like, down-to-earth football, love the game of football, all about football. I'm telling you, like, those are two of the guys I respect. Those are two of the guys I love. Them. Like, those are two of my big cousins that I have so much respect for, and I admire them so much. But those are two great players that came out of Old Miss that that struggled with things inside family and personal things like Justin I and Jason Neat that kept them from being great football players at the next two levels. I promise you that we can go we can go home now, them guys, and pull out a pull out a three ring binder the right now and show you all all them newspaper snippets, all the Auburn, Alabama. Old mistake, uh offers. I'm telling you, to show you all this stuff right now. Everybody
1: talk about that foo foo. It's 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 something about South Panola and they say foo foo.
3: I just want to know what foo foo is. <laughs> Man, foo foo is a is 99 percent Gatorade. You know, no, it was 98 percent Gatorade, 99 percent water, and you want to know what the one percent was?
1: I don't know what it was, whatever it was, it made everybody in South Panola bigger, faster, and stronger. I want to know the secret ingredient.
3: <laughs> the one percent was sugar. <laughs>
1: so, y'all had Kool Aid, it was
3: just a sweet Gatorade. It was just Gatorade. I'm talking about like somebody, you know, okay, you know, on Sundays, you go to your auntie or grandma's house, they make the best Kool Aid ever on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. On Sunday, you got that great, whatever color Kool-Aid you love, red, blue, green, whatever, pink, lemonade, whatever, that's the best Kool-Aid you'll ever had, right? Right. So after a very hot, long practice, you got four jugs, you got four jugs up there and the big old gallon of water jug and it's the best Gatorade you can ever have. And it was always the cool blue Gatorade with a little pinch of sugar in it. And it made us crazy.
2: <laughs> we got to have the poo-poo. I, it's a totally bad transition. There's no way to do it, but to go from the Gatorade to the neck. But I can't let you get away without asking you about the neck. And ahead, oh, man. It was, it was such a traumatic year for you because when you went in, you didn't expect to get the news that you got. You know what I mean? And, and to, for it to yeah. come back and they say, hey, look, Isaac, we can't promise you that you're going to ever play again. How bad did it get for you in terms of your brain and where you were and how down you were? And how close really were you, do you think, you got to hanging up your cleats?
3: To talk about the neck, man, look, I hurt my neck in 2014. 2015 was just the the nail in the coffin. You hear me? Yeah. So what I mean by that, that neck injury came up in 2014. Like, I played the whole... I played the whole 2014 season, my junior year, with a bulging disc. Like, I had that I had that in fall camp. I came to practice every day with a crook in my neck. I couldn't move my neck, and I fought through it. I fought, I fought. I used to get worried about it. I got to say 2014, because this is when this initially happened. 2015 wasn't nothing, because I knew it was coming. You know, I didn't know when, but it was coming. So 2014, when I hurt my neck and fall in training camp, fall of 2014, I hurt my neck in training camp. And uh, I went through the whole fall um, fall camp with it. I kept telling the coach, you know, if so I'm going on, me and Coach Kip, we'll have words because I'll be falling asleep in the film room. But I, I really was not falling asleep. I was uh, <laughs> looking at the film and I was just getting dizzy because I'm like, man, I can't turn my neck. So uh, it was like I said, man, just being a tough guy, and you know I should have played smarter about it. Should have sat down. 20, I should, I really should have uh, got it fixed, twenty fourteen. But uh, I went through it. I fought it. You know I was like, man, I can, I can, I can, I can. You know what I'm saying? I, did, I didn't. I ain't taking it serious. And um, like I said, one thing about the NFL, one thing about college. The young guys, you gotta learn to take care of your body because your Absolutely, body is yep. your investment. With, with that being said, I was a, I was a macho, I was underside defensive tackle, and I, I would not be denied. This little neck, this little neck injury, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, I'm gonna play. And I fought it, I fought it, I fought it. 2015, bam, like it, it, it finally happened. My third play, I, th- I made three plays in a row on the third play. Uh, the guard caught me up on the, uh, my ribcage. And, uh, like, he, he like when I was headed to make the tackle, I was on the center, then the guard had hit me. And I fell on the tackle. Like, I had made that tackle. But when I got up, my the, the trainer used to always ask me, do you feel any tingling feeling in your um, fingertips? Are your are your hands numb? They used to always ask me that. But I never knew what it meant because I never felt it. So the whole 2014, I never felt that feeling. But my neck used to hurt, but I never felt that feeling. So 2015, when that happened, I came to the sideline and said, Pat, uh, that was my trainer. Man. I said, Pat, man, I can't I can't feel my hand. Like, I got the tingling feeling you were talking about. And he looked at me. Everybody's eyes got big. I'm like, well, about five minutes go by. I'm on the sideline. I'm like, okay. And I took it off. I'm ready to go. Pat looked at me. He said, gross. Uh... I'm gonna tell you we gonna wait to halftime and uh, we are gonna give it a look at halftime. So we went in halftime and uh you know got a little X-ray and they told me you know we are gonna sit this one now. You gonna you gotta get another X-ray tomorrow. So that Sunday man I got an X-ray. I had uh yeah that Sunday I had went went and got an X-ray. They sent it to Jackson and they called me in there and they told me man what you uh what you want, that We gonna have to sit you out. And uh at that, that moment now. At that moment, it hurt it because I was like, you know, this is my senior year, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, everything, everything, you know, this this was the moment I, I lived for my senior year. I'm going to graduate in May and be done with Ole Miss. I am going to go on and be great in my life, you know, and now I'm in a stepping stone because the game of football is at a halt for me. Playing and may not ever uh, return again, not – not to play my senior year and may not ever playing again. So at that very moment, you know, everybody you know, everybody come to you, you know, like, man, we hope we hope, you know what I'm saying, you be okay and everything, man. Look, I I keep trying I always try to tell folks, man, I, I like to look at myself as an alpha male, you know. You know, sometimes God said give his uh his 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 angels, give his some of his angels the strongest battles, you know what I'm saying? Some angels get the stronger battle, Be you know what I'm saying? You know how that turned out. So, with that being said, I was like, uh, okay, I prayed about it. You know what I'm saying? I prayed about it, and I was like, look, I'm just going to – I ain't going to let this linger on me because I knew I was going to – I had this injury. It was just it was just bound to happen. So, that following week, I went to Jackson, and uh, Dr. McGuire down here in Jackson looked at my neck, And he told me, I I can get you back. You'll be done this year, but it's a 75% chance you can play next year. And it's a 25% chance that you won't play next year. I said, Doc, I'm here. When can we schedule it? I need to get back. I need to start getting myself prepared for training. That's all I told him. I said, Doc, fix me, and I need to get back to uh, prepare for training. Well, they told me it was going to be like six months before I can even touch a weight man, I went and had surgery, man. I had surgery, and the next day I'm talking about the next day I was up up and at it doing push ups sit ups I'm like, dang, like I don't feel nothing, you know what i'm saying i wouldn't I wouldn't like my neck went sore or nothing like I went right back and i just I just blew up man, but so with that being said i just I just put that behind me like it wouldn't it didn't never hit me like i was i I can't get down you know I'm in a situation you know. You know, I can easily, I can easily, easily go get a job somewhere. You know, but uh, I can easily go be a spokesman anywhere, cause I, you know, i I can, I can talk good and I'm, I'm passionate about whatever I do. So I'm pretty sure I can go do anything like that. But football is a goal of mine. Football is something I wanted to get to get my career started in life to be what, like, be a back, be my resume on. You know, growing up in life with things I can come back and I can relate to people with and I can talk to people about to in order to do this or get there. So with that being said, I never for a second, after that doctor told me 75 25%, you won't 75% that you will be uh, coming back, after he told me that, you know, I just left it up to the man upstairs and I was like, you know, God, you bring me back, you bring me back. God, if it, if it don't show me the way, I can make something else happen. So with that being said, he brought me back. And I never looked back, and I never felt down on myself, and I never worried about the neck. I was just like, look, it's football. It's a grown-man game. I'm in the SEC. So with that being said, if I'm going to play, don't play. This your, seed, this your last year. If you can play, go play. If you can't, then, you know what I'm saying, hang it up. And I, and I told myself I was going to play. And, you know, when I got on the field this year, you know, I did what I could do.
2: I've always contended, and I've said this, and I think I've said this to you before, that you're one of the toughest dudes, if not the toughest, that I've ever covered. Because not only did you have to deal with the constant crap about you know, your size and this, that, and the other, playing one of the most physically demanding positions in football, but also the neck and also carrying the weight of the tradition that is South Panola into, into Ole Miss and knowing the players that have come through, you had a lot thrown at you in your Ole Miss career, and you stared it down and said, Ah, hey, screw it, I'm going to be, be good anyway.
3: Yes, sir. And like I said, it took – now, I ain't, I ain't going to tell you no story, man. I got – I had support. Rebel Nation. Shout out to Rebel man. They had – they was supporting me left and right, man. My family, left and right. But, man, I got – man. I got a beautiful 3-year-old daughter, man. I got to take care of man. I would not be denied of nothing I have to do with my life. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's as a 23-year-old speaking and trying to trying to trying to man up to every situation that's going to come towards me. So with that being said, man, I'm I'm straightforward and I'm determined to be successful no matter what it what it is
1: I got to do. Pretty much everyone that we've interviewed, you know, it was like Life parallels, the, the the luxuries, the ups, the downs of footballs, you know, want to go out with a bang. And your senior year wasn't the senior year that you planned. Hell, majority of offers wasn't. Um, just 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 reflect on that five and seven season, you know, compared to the season you had before. I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to turn out like it did. How did you expect it to turn out?
3: Yeah, man. Well, let me tell you something, man. That five and seven season, man, I. I okay, fine. I said on uh, national radio, man. Um, senior night, when we lost uh, uh Mississippi State, God bless their soul. We lost the State, man. I went home to. Uh, I held it in. I watched them celebrate on the our field, then crack a did then crack up. You know, I went in the locker room, gave everybody, you know, my love and condones and everything and you know just told to stay together stay strong and I went home um I left the field and went straight to Baseville and uh when I walked in the house it was a uh, picture of my daughter on top of the tv and my when nobody in the house but my mom my mom had came around the corner and I uh I fell on her shoulder with tears in my eyes and I told her I said, I have never been so stressed out in my life. You know, this this was a – I never sold it. I know I was always strong. I was always there to – because I didn't play as much as I've been playing. You know, that, that's something I'm going to throw out there this person because, you know, I man, I went from playing – I went from playing 40 snaps a game to, like like – this year, some games, man, I literally had 19 snaps, and that was that has never happened since I've been here, you know. And uh, and, you know, I knew I was a hard worker, I knew I was a competitor, but you know, I it, it's roles you got to play, and you know. But with that being said, man, it was it was so stressful, man. It was so stressful. Like, I love to win, you know, but the way we were losing and how a uh, team was just uh. Team was would get up on us and they would just they would just beat us, man. And it was so it was so nerve wracking, man. But at the same time, I had it was bigger than me personally. That's how I felt. But I felt like that guy, Ken um, Ken Wesley went down. Um, Cj Cj uh, Cj Moore went down. Okay, Julius Julius Jones need my uh, he need my encouragement. He need my leadership. Marky Gates, guys like that, Brewer Speak, Benito Jones, Chad, uh, Evan. Evan, great football player. But our football team, even the great player, we was always able to talk to one another. So with that being said, I always just felt like they are bigger than me. I I wasn't going to be selfish. I I was just going to put it to the side and like, man, no matter what, I'm going to stay strong. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight all season long for 60 minutes no matter the outcome. So with that being said, to hold these guys together, man, keep them. You know, the NCAA was in, was messing with us, man, and some of the guys, the younger guys were talking about that. Oh, we ain't no better to do this. I'm like, man, what are y'all talking? Man, that that's for the coaches to handle. We can't do nothing about that. All we can do is come out here and practice hard every day and then get out there on the field, you know? That's what we do. We play in between the lines. We play in the trenches. We don't worry about the politics. You know that was that was a tough thing that I I I witnessed my senior year. You know what I'm saying? So I was like I was like it was all tough, man. But me personally, man, I wasn't gonna give up on these guys. I wasn't gonna give up on Rebel Nation. I wasn't gonna give up on Coach Free. I was gonna stay strong. I was gonna stay committed to the program, and I was gonna play the leader role as much as I could. And I, and that's what I did.
2: He's former Ole Miss defensive lineman Isaac Gross. I wish you all the best of luck going forward. Like I said, the the toughest dude I've ever covered in my life. I mean, just tough as nails, man. I appreciate the time, bro, and we'll catch up soon.
3: Man, I really appreciate y'all, man, time and y'all, man, support, man. And uh, go Reels, man. That's all I got for y'all, man.